0: Welcome to Making Conversation, a podcast where we celebrate making in all its forms. From amazing stories of inspiring makers and people, to behind the scenes peaks of Building Bright Collective, our monthly membership for all things craft, and the Making App, the first social marketplace for makers. We believe that the simple act of making can transform your life, and in turn, change our world. This is why making exists. I'm your host, Ashley Gowsling. Today I'm sitting down to talk with the most joyful and loving Paula Pereira. Paula is full of life and her delight is infectious as she tells us stories about her creative journey and the discoveries she's made along the way. If you've followed Paula's work, you're likely familiar with her designs in various publications, including Making Magazine, and the beautiful techniques, unique stitch patterns, and blended yarns she uses to create timeless knitwear pieces. Paula has spent her life exploring ways to grow and expand, stepping out in courage, and considering the impact we have as humans on each other in everything we do. This coming March, Paula is one of the instructors at Ritual, our first ever virtual retreat for makers. She will be hosting a knitting ritual workshop during this incredible two-plus day event. We're going to have the most amazing time, so go learn more at makingzine.com and register to join us. Find your latest project and have a listen. I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. You can find Paula at paulapereranits.com and on Instagram at Paula P-K-L. And with that, here's Paula. When I go back,
1: little back, uh, I mean, a lot of back <laughs> in years, I remember when I was a child and I loved to draw and I remember my family saying, oh, you know, she'll be a wonderful architectur."e And I was I don't know. I want to draw. <laughs> so I remember I have this pretty vivid memory that I want to express myself with colors, you know, textures, things like that. But anyway, so I think this was the first part. And I remember that I have my my grandma. She likes to embroidery, to sew. My it, Nobody needs because I'm from Brazil and, you know, it's pretty warm. So they crochet a lot from the Portuguese influence that we have. But I I have a memory of textiles, of the beauty of textiles. So this is like a very early memory that I have. So uh, in my life, I remember that I was working in a company business and all this stuff and like working, I don't know, 15, 16 hours a day. I have this memory when I have my daughter, she was, you know, a kid and she have a kind of homework. So I remember that she passed to me to fax machine. Do you guys remember fax? (laughs) So she passes to me, you know, I check for her and I pass back to her anyway. And I remember that it was in 2009, 2000, yeah, 2009, 10. I was exhausted, and I think, I think all of us, there's a point that we want to do something different. So, in my case, my plan was to become a yoga teacher because, you know, I always practice yoga since I was a teenager, and I thought this would be a wonderful path for me. Uh, and I was very excited, so I, I moved for a while to Vancouver. In Canada and British Columbia and I remember that I was so mesmerized by the beauty, of the nature. But in in my way to the class there was this knitting store, urine yarns, and I looked to the windows and I said, Oh my god, everything is so beautiful, how they do this, it's so wonderful, so marvelous. And one day I, I went there. And I remember that sensation of the colors um all the the beauty of yarns because I think it doesn't matter if you need for I don't know thirty forty years I don't know but when you go to a place where you have lots of yarn and beautiful things embroidery all the stuff so I, I i i it's difficult for me to describe but i I think that most of people that listen to us I believe that you know we all have this. Wow. <laughs> it's so beautiful. How I can do something, how I can participate, how my hands can, you know, be part of it. And I remember that I was so touched. Probably because I was in this yoga teacher training, so there there is a lot about emotions and perce- perceptions so I was aware to my body to the movements so probably I was super open and I remember that there's this lady where I was living she was um, from England and she taught me to knit and pearl and like a lot of beginners I knit that scarf that is like uh, endless rectangle that we go and go and go, and there's a lot of mistakes, but it's so precious. And one day I took courage to do a course. I went to the store and I say, you know what? I'm going to do a workshop. And it was one of those things in life that for me it was a gift because I have no idea about difficult, easy, nothing. But I saw a scarf in mohair with beads. I remember this. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to to learn to do this. And lucky I was, the teacher was Sylvia Harding, which is an amazing person, amazing human being. And I remember so many moments when I was super nervous, like, oh, my God. Can you imagine? I, I only meet in Pearl and I was knitting with beads and mohair and all this fuzz and she was really amazing calm and then I start to have classes with her and she taught me something that I will never forget she taught me how to undo my knitting and understand why I make mistakes so this for me was so precious understand the structure how the the yarn you know get you know, with with a, how we make like knots, let's put it this way, with with needles and yarn and understand. And in, in my experience, I remember that I found mistakes when my mind was flying, so I wasn't concentrated in what I was doing. Anyway, it was like a self, um, a moment of self-discover, you know, so I, I think all those things, uh related with the moment that I was living, So I stay there and I have these classes. I was really excited. So when I come back to Brazil, uh, my plan, it was be a yoga teacher <laughs> with meeting like a, a hobby or something. And I start to look for people that have the same interests in Brazil. And it was a moment, 2010, that we have those groups, Yahoo groups. I think we didn't have Gmail. It was Yahoo groups. So I found people from other states. And anyway, so this start to meeting. Um, more than I think it's more like making it became something bigger for me than the yoga let's put it this way and I remember that I I have some months some money saved and I say you know what I think I'm going to invest in a in a new moment of my life I never at this point I didn't know if I was able to survive let's put it this way <laughs> But, I, you know, I want to give it a try. So I remember that I went to the very first Vogue Meeting Live. And I, I went to a few more. I went to workshops in the in U.S. And at this moment, there you know, people start to have um, not online classes, but it was like groups. So I remember that. I have this urge to learn, to learn about construction, to learn about the mechanisms, the the structure of meetings. Because I think to be in my, my um, how can I say that? In my experience, to be able to create something, I want to learn the, the foundation. So how this works, so the angles, more the math the the fabric so I, for me I want to to feel more what can I say not secure but to feel more vivid I I like to have this this information so I remember Carrie's books so I was like oh my God she makes those beautiful things so I, I have this memory so vivid in my life and I start to you know teach a little bit in Brazil and you know, experimenting, self-publish and rivalry. So it was about 2015, I felt that I was ready to submit my work. And this is, you know, basically my story with knitting. And I I don't know how, how many times I still have doing this, <laughs> but as much as I have this excitement, this um sensation of be dis- of being discovering something new and interesting and so let you know I'll keep doing so let's see <laughs> so this part of making I love it so the part that I have a tremendous difficult is with social media <laughs> uh, because I feel so uncomfortable uh with i don't how can i say that i it's my it's me i i think i don't have the tools the the knowledge to to be interesting or relevant in this um how can i say that in this new way to to do things so this for me is pretty hard (laughs) so i still learning i still studying and hopefully this will be more um, enjoyable for me more (laughs) let's see (laughs) and yeah so basically i i love to work with other people so um how can i say that when i when i'm meeting um i love to to think so i love a mood board i love to think what other people maybe are doing so how how magical it is when something that I'm knitting, I'm working on uh, is, um, how can I say that, it's harmonized with other people's work. For me, this is magical. So this is, uh, you know, the magical that you guys do. But I think this is so cool. So this is something that I love to do. Uh, I, I love when I see a, you know, a, a magazine, a collection or something that has other people's work and mine too. So how something happens that, you know, this flow, this energy. So all of us are connected somehow. So I love this. <laughs> this is uh, something that I really love. <laughs> Where do you think
2: your confidence came from?
1: Yes. I must say something that, you know, a few years before uh, I decided to, you know, change my career, I was in a so bad uh, mood internally. I was like, God, life is this. So I have to, you know, all of us, we have this. It's not my privilege. I think all of us, we have those moments. Oh, my God, what I'm doing. So life is this. I have to wake up work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, all this stuff. And I, but I was in a pretty bad shape. And I remember that it was a holiday. So I went to a place that I love in Rio, which is a beach town called Buzios. I totally recommend it. I love it. And I was with my mom, with my daughter. So we are on the beach relaxing. And there was a small store Uh, a small library, they have incense, um, gems, things like that, more esoterical, I don't know how to say it. And I remember that I looked for some books about Buddhism and I I thought it was interesting. So my mom bought a book for me, I didn't saw at the moment. It was about Tibetan Buddhism, a very thin book. And I remember that when I read this on the beach, I was, oh my God, (laughs) Something click, you know, for me. This way to see life, um, how can I describe this? Some people, some Tibet, some Buddhist lineages say the path, the middle path. So not be too emotional, not be too sad, not be too bright. So there's something in between Uh, how we can... um, be more gentle with ourselves. Everything starts from this point. So I remember that this book opened something. And <laughs> I remember that, uh, I don't know, weeks after this, there was a, a monk, a Buddhist monk that was in Rio. And I went to to see the, the lecture and everybody have a book. And I was, my God, what this book. So I remember this excitement. I want to know, I want to know more about this. It's something that I, I most can describe. All my senses, I want to see, I want to smell, I want to hear. So, you know, all my body was... And I remember that I went to the floor to see the name of the book that everybody has in their hands. I was like... Whoa. So this is uh, an excitement that is... um, It's like a child when, you know, when have the first something... All all of us, so I remember this pretty vivid, and I was excited about it and there was I found a place super far away from my home that they have some conversations, and I went there, and one of my friends said, Paul, are you crazy? Two streets from your home here there's a Tibetan Buddhist center, and I said, "What really <laughs> So in nineteen ninety nine I started to study there. And I still study, I still, so it's more than 20 years. (laughs) But all this experience was really uh, amazing for me. I don't consider myself a Buddhist because I don't have the discipline. But, uh, you know, there's something really precious about being more uh, courageous. Uh, more honest with myself. So look to me. It's like an, how can I say It's like an internal way to see and to improve. So it doesn't matter if something happens to me or somebody do something to me. This doesn't matter. So I need to know how I'm going to deal with this and how I'm going to impact other people this one me is pretty strong. So the way that I act will impact the others, you know, starting with my family or I don't know, a person that, you know, I bumped to on the streets. So for me, this is so precious. It's difficult to explain with words. It's something, it's like an eternal journey. But I must say that this was like a gift for me. So open so many doors. And of course, there's the fun part. I remember that I was in Berkeley, have some retreats, and when I have a break, you know, I like crazy, I run to the averb for keeping warm. <laughs> so I remember, you know, meeting was all you know, all the time connected. But anyway, this is just a joke, but um so yeah, and lots of times doing this um, the studies, I have some volunteer work with sacred art, so we sew flags we do we do small statues so this part is something that I really love because I can use my hands with different medias, let's put this way, which is amazing, and I don't know, I think the it's not excitement i, I don't like too much this word so but i think this very strong will to do something it's like courage i don't know because when we let's let's try let me see if i can put this in another way so when we are teenagers and we want to do like a trip and there's so many odds we don't have money we don't have a car, we don't have, the, but somehow we are, we are there, we go, we just go. So I think I can relate this a little bit with this impulse to do this. Like I said, of course, it took me about five years to feel confident to study, to understand fitting, to understand proper lots of things until... Not that I, I, how can I say It's not that I was ready, so I know everything. Of course not. I need to learn so much more. But I, I felt that I, I have the basics. Okay, so now I can start to, you know, put my work out. And so people that will buy a patent from me will not have a bad experience, <laughs> let's put it this way, or feel frustrated because I think this is our responsibility, how we impact other people, right? So probably um, how can I say that? A person that maybe don't have a nice experience because something that I, I wasn't clear about it, writing the pattern or so this affects me. So this is something that is always in my mind. And I learn a lot with lots of people that I have been working the last, seven years so and i don't know you know i I, once i still have this uh, this i don't know i don't know the word for this flow excitement or i don't know life (laughs) i don't know it's something i i like to do with my hands like (sighs) and with my breath but for me it's difficult to find the word so now is this, but we don't I don't know how much time or for how long I'll be doing
2: this. <laughs> I don't know so almost more than confidence it's courage like you know you that's the word that you used courage and i I can resonate a lot with that actually. I think people always say, you know you have so much confidence you know to other people or you know, you, how come you're so confident or you come off so confident? And I think when we say that to people, perhaps what we're really saying is you have so much courage because I think there's always a shadow side to uh, confidence, right? Like as confident as you might be or come across, there's this whole shadow side of feeling so scared or, you know, as Brene Brown says, like stepping into the arena. And so really it's about courage and, and being brave to do something different. Exactly.
1: And, and there's something that I think for me is really precious is being, you know, uh, not gentle, but I accept my mistakes and make all the efforts that I can do to make better every time, because I I think we have, we live on a culture that we have to be wonderful, we have to be, uh, you know, everything that we do must be wonderful, must be surprising, must be exciting. So sometimes does not happen. It's not like this all the time. So I think part of being courageous or have courage is to uh, receive feedbacks uh, open. Maybe we can have, of course, it's human, have a bad reaction to something for a few hours, for a day. But then we look inside, we transform this, and there we go. Let's let's see how we can do this because um, this will happen in our life so many many times on relationships or even with our habits, uh, what we eat, what we consume, what. So I think for me, courage is more this process to. Go inside and go back again. Accept um, mistakes or something—not mistakes, but I don't know setbacks, things that happen. Life is like this, and be more uh, more generous with us, and mostly be aware of what kind of effects that we are um, we are. Uh, how can I say that? It's not a reaction, but we we interact with people because I think this is a responsibility in in what we do in like a human being. So sometimes we react with too much emotions, but there's lots of people around us that are listening to us. I think this is something that makes for me so difficult social media because I think there's always an impact. There's always impacts, you know, everything that we do, that we say, this is going to impact people. And I don't know, I, I'm trying to to think that uh, it's not what I do, it's not like a nice sweater, but the way that I do, I think there's a responsibility. So I'm responsible in this world for for myself, so... I I think all those things come together. So it's like courage, have um, some layers of responsibility, of very good will. I don't know. I think all all this come together or walks together, let's put it this way, something like that. And accept the bad days, the bad experiences. (laughs) They are terrible, but they they
2: will come. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I I do believe this same thing that we have such an impact and most of us don't maybe recognize the impact that we have on the immediate people around us like you know when you walk into a room the energy that you bring w- onto an online space you know what you bring to your email inboxes to you know the impact long-term that we have. I'm curious your thoughts on the mutual responsibility, you know, because I think some of us maybe has a tendency to feel so much responsibility and there becomes this gray area of how can I do good in the world and, and put my best out there, even though I make mistakes and I mess up and can take that feedback and can alter course or whatever. But there's also this other side of at what point is there this like mutual responsibility of how someone reacts to something. Like where is that shared impact and responsibility?
1: Yeah, I think um I, I think it's wonderful that you brought this because uh sometimes I'm always afraid to sound like, Oh my god, life is amazing. <laughs> no, it's not like this. But and I rem- i I think that we have a tremendous responsibility and some control within ourselves. That's it. We don't have any controls in people's emotions or responses. So we we will have lots of conflicts. This is pretty normal. But what I'm interested is how um what I'm going to produce or how I'm going to relate with people will be genuine, will be honest, will you know, will be um I will use all the best of my abilities to do this. And I know that will be conflicts, but I think uh, uh, my responsibility is to be like a seed in this world of understanding so i think you know uh when we start to you know look to each other and see uh i, I think i am oh my god it's so difficult for me to trying to explain this it's so <laughs> but how can i say that sometimes i feel that the how can I say that? So sometimes I receive an email like, oh my God, this pattern is bullshit. I don't understand this or that. So of course this makes me sad. Of course, it's natural. So we're going to receive critics. So how I try to solve this. First of all, I look to the, you know, the practical question. What this person are, are having problems with or doubts. So I try to solve this part. And that's it. So with the best of my um, uh, respect, I try to explain. So I, I give all the time that, you know, this situa- the situation needs. But I think I I can't, you know, start to talk about this, you know, in social media or with my friends. Oh my God, I received this. Oh my God, people are like this. People are like that. Because this will be, having an effect multiplied so many times so what is the point this will happen that's it this will happen all the time sometimes a person made a mistake sometimes the person didn't read what i was what i put there or maybe the person make the math and find a mistake so i'm honestly going to check and you know so it doesn't matter but you know, I I don't feel. I think this is my responsibility to solve the situation. You know, what I what is what what is my responsibility, and that's it. Let's move on. Let's go to another situation. Because sometimes I feel that we are so selfish all the time. You know, talking about our frustrations. Oh my God. So I, I'm interested in form like a, a healthy tissue with my friends, with people that I don't know, people that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm traveling. Then I meet, and I think this is our responsibility. So how we, um, how we uh, act. There's a responsibility, this is what I'm trying to say, of course, that I be upset or maybe, oh my God, this and this, then I'm you know I, I I take a breath, I do something else, then i when I come back to this, then of course, what is my responsibility? I'll do this and the best of my abilities, and that's it and let's move on because if how can I say that um Every time that something happens to us, is terrible for us. (laughs) But I think our responsibility starts when we make this bigger and bigger and bigger. So, of course, I'm not I'm not talking here about big questions uh, or big uh, issues that we have in our society. So, when I see the woman in Iran, for instance. Fighting like crazy, you know, losing their lives, or people here where I'm living now in Luanda, Angola, or in my country in Brazil. So I'm not talking about this kind of problems. I'm I'm talking about you know daily daily experiences. So I think our responsibility is is making um, our ambience, even if it's social media. It's not like brights, like, oh, oh, look at this, I'm selling this, I'm selling that no, I think it's for real, for real, what we can offer, what we can say, like we put so much effort sometimes in a photograph, so maybe we can say some words that are more how can I say that touching or you know not um things that I think that we put so much care in some things that maybe we can put the same care with people. I don't know if this makes sense. (laughs) And if this day is not the day, so let's do this on the next day so we don't have to be like super spiritual all the time. (laughs) But I, I like to work this on, I don't know, on my life, on my... On my work, let's go this way.
0: We believe that the simple act of making can transform your life and in turn change our world. This is why making exists. It all starts with inspiration. We're inspired by people, by places, by experiences. A beautiful photo, a soft wool, a kind heart. These are the things that motivate us to make. Making is here to disrupt systems, systems of oppression, systems that only benefit certain groups of people and systems that extract. We are here to challenge the narrative of profit over people. We believe a company can be founded for the purpose of good and change the world for better while also creating opportunity at scale. Makers are tired of the monoliths the few companies that comprise our only choices of how we connect, how we transact, and how we learn. Makers are ready for a better alternative, and that is what we are building. Becoming a Bright Collective member helps us accomplish this. Visit makingzine.com to learn more. We have a special 10% discount on Bright Collective yearly memberships for podcast listeners. Use discount code MAKINGCONVO10 during checkout.
1: My country, Brazil, we have a very particular way to see life. So for me, it's always like a, um, it's not like a lesson, but it's something that, uh, it's a, like a daily reminder how we deal with, you know, tragedies and heavy stuff. So we have been living under lots of pressure for so many years, but I don't know how to explain this, but people make jokes about this what we are living all the time not jokes uh you know putting a person lower it's not this so we have some quotations like oh my god nothing is so bad that i can be even worse (laughs) so it's a way to play with the situation so i think this is something that i carry i feel this it's my in my body uh I'm, I'm like this with my family, with my cousins. So sometimes we are almost crying about a situation and then one of us make a joke about ourselves. So I, I think this is cultural. We are like this in Brazil. So this is something that is so uh, precious. I never thought about this until I live uh, outside Brazil. Then I start to understand how this is important. Because it doesn't matter if you are a, a person that, if you're rich or poor, but this way to see life, for me, it's, it's precious because it's, it's something that make us pause. Because sometimes we can feel in our bodies, we are tense. We have like a heaviness here on the stomach, the head, everything is so heavy, right? So when we make a joke, we laugh about something, immediately the body releases something. Right, so ah, we we break this continuous contraction. It's physical. It's I, I I I truly believe that it's physical. We have some chemicals inside of us, right? When we are disappointed, so sometimes we we do things within within our body. So when we have those situations, you know, like a joke or something, ah, we release. So I think. This is something that my country, you know, give this, um, I, I think I can say wisdom, because we, we look like losers, but <laughs> we are very clever, <laughs> because with this, <laughs> no, it's just a joke, <laughs> because with, you know, this is a way to to endure, because it's so many decades suffering under a system or under... Uh, corruption or under so many things that we need to find, we need to find some light to survive, you know? So I think the, the light with, is, you know, us interacting. So if you go to a supermarket and something happens or, I don't know, one of our politicians do something crazy, probably we are going to have a laugh with the cashier from the supermarket. I don't know. This is how we, we do, how we, we manage things. So this, for me, this is very helpful. And truly, actually, I, I only start to see this when I was living abroad. And I, I can feel this here in, in Angola, too, in Luanda. So today I stay, like, almost four hours on the, um, the mail office because I was waiting for some wool and it is what it is. And I was it was super warm and I was there. And suddenly I start to talk with a, 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 a guy that was there helping somebody and a lady that has a beauty saloon. So she was waiting for some something too. Then we start to talk and, and have a good laugh. So probably the last hour that I was there, I didn't realize that I was there for an hour. So I don't know. I think um, this is something precious that, you know, people that live under a very heavy and tough structure, uh, uh, you know, we develop some learning how to to deal with this because otherwise we are going to kill ourselves. It's too much suffering for too long. It's too much despair for too long. So, in my whole life, I don't remember. I don't have in my mail me- in my memory like a decade that I feel that my country was being prosperous. I don't have this memory. Do you understand? So it was generations after generations, you know uh, with the same problems. So I think, that this is our way to fight, let's put it this way. And I think we start to get immature, so when I see the results, uh, when we are voting, so I think this is a way to deal with, with things. And I think this is happening in many parts of the world, so people are fighting, fighting against the way that, you know, things are being, I don't know, established, right? So why I have to do this, why I have to do that? And each one of us has a way to fight. So I think, I I don't know, I think when we open our mind to other people, other cultures, this is so amazing. This is so, um, so incredible. It's something that we can, um, relate with other people on earth. So we are here on the same ambience we are. And we can learn with others the movement with others. So uh, I have been twice in South Africa since I, I moved here and I still I'm still processing everything that happens there. So I'm reading books, I'm trying to understand, So here I'm reading books about, you know, the revolution, what happened. So I think all this, um, this experience, these stories, so this, uh, this show us a big horizon, a big, you know, we can breathe, we can breathe because we will survive. So I think we only have to manage to be a little bit, little bit more happy in our daily lives. I'm not talking about the happy, oh my God, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm talking about the, being genuinely happy. When you look to your kid and see they do something really sweet. So I have to, I, I don't know, for me, I'm, I'm talking about it. I try to look for this. So okay, so I took a breath. It was wonderful. Let's go to real life. Let's do stuff. So I think we slowly can bring some more lightness because the heavy stuff is there. We know. We know. We know. The despair, we know. And I must say that we know how to deal with or we are learning pretty fast how to deal with. The best way to deal with. It. So maybe, how can I say that? It's like when we are going to an to, um, ultramarathon. <laughs> right like your husband so what we can do before we you know, eat faster we get nourished, we get strong so I think those moments are the moments that we are nourishing ourselves then we are ready to you know go to, to the fight to the I don't
2: know to the life I don't know
1: <laughs> I don't know
2: if we all took a little bit better care of ourselves and tried to recognize the importance of that and how that reflects how we are able to take care of others or treat others and the impact. This has been an ongoing theme that's come up in the podcast several times this year of really speaking kindly to ourselves and loving ourselves because that really Creates that expansion that we can do that for others. And I think compassion is a thing that comes, you know, first to my mind is if we have compassion on ourselves, then we can have more compassion for others.
1: I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's not easy, it's not every day, all the time. But I think if we have this internal um, setup,
2: it's pretty, you know, helpful to navigate <laughs> to life, let's put it this way. So you just moved. And I know it's all really fresh, but share a little bit about um, your move and where you're living now. Ah oh, Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, um,
1: this year was uh, a, a pretty one. <laughs> a very, a very heavy one. So many things happened in my personal life which was pretty scary and frightening. And since the since November from 2021, so my husband received this invitation to work here, and I was so resistant. I was really resistant. Oh, so my God, I, how I'm going to do? So I have to move. So, you know, how I'm going to work? So how things will happen? And... You know, I remember that there's so many people talking to me about their experience. I I did the worst thing, that is, go online and check how is to live in Luanda, (laughs) and I was my God, I was super frightening. So this year, so many things happened, and my husband was here, I was there, you know, and I was like, oh my God, so I have to move. So first of all, I have to to leave my apartment in Sao Paulo because I'm from Rio de Janeiro and I was living in Sao Paulo for almost 10 years and I really loved Sao Paulo. Um, we, we we joke that, you know, Sao Paulo is our New York so I don't have the, the beach like I have in Rio but, you know, everything works so well so there's so much culture. So I, I lived in about two blocks from the art museum from Sao Paulo which is magnificent so it was amazing and I was attached with this idea I said oh my god I don't want to go I don't want to go so I it's just so crazy because I create so much suffering to myself because I was attached with this idea and you know life happens so many things happens, and I said you know what I think I'm I think I go, so we put things in, you know, on a scale and say, you know what, I think I go. So the first thing that I um, check, it was about mail, the mail service, how I can keep working. And then I come and I must say to you, Ash, I don't know nothing about Africa. So far, so I'm here for two months. So I'm living, experimenting, but I must say that there's something really special and beautiful here. Um, I, I don't know. I think I talked with you one of these days about this. I I don't know how to describe, but for me, everything started here, and there's so much here still. So. Uh, there's people's knowledge, there's beauty, there's, you know, the way that people connect with others. Of course, I'm talking about my experience in Luanda, in Angola, so Africa has so many countries, but um, I'm here, I'm You know, I'm trying to understand the history. I'm trying to open myself to every experience, being respectful for people who live here. So we have, you know, sun all the time. (laughs) It's pretty warm. Um, You know, I I live in a condo, so it's difficult for me to go out. But I'm trying to, how can I say that, to uh, not be with, you know, Ideas from other people, so I'm trying to go and experience and see how I can, you know, I can solve things. And I'm—I don't know. I think I hope that I can um, share the best of me here with people. That I don't be, you know, only like an intruder. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I I like to be respectful, you know, with people that live here and give the best that I can. And at the same time, I'm excited to, um, to know their their culture, the uh, you know the food, the culture, how they live, and you know, I I think it's, I think I can say that now I'm I'm ready, you know, I'm open, so I'm here in this you know in this moment excited to to do my best and you know there's so many beautiful things here the basketry is amazing the fabrics you know the nature the beaches uh the food so i'm i'm really uh, happy to be here in this moment so i mean now i can see how how you know so much unnecessary suffering I caused to myself to be so resistant let's put this way but it is what it is <laughs> and uh, I, I think uh, i I'm starting to feel some excitement some you know the fruits have a different flavor for me you know i, I I'm really happy with this I think it's a very rich experience let's put this way and I don't know how for how long I'll be here <laughs> but you know I'm here now and I'm you know trying to connect with people so we speak the same language we speak Portuguese but of course we speak differently the accent the the speed or some words they speak more the the Portuguese from Portugal and it's it's exciting. So we are I think that it's a discovery, it's interesting. And when we talk about ritual, I remember that when we have that conversation, what I feel really excited about this project is that we can share experiences from, from a different point of view. So it's not only about a technique, but it's much more about people how we have our uh, personal rituals to go through things like knitting or sewing or embroidery, whatever. And for me, it's like uh, an invitation to interact with a, a wonderful group of people. And then we together can, you know, feel how we have this inner life and how we go. Through the process, how we can, um, how we can um, being on a, how we can acknowledge that we have rituals that can be make us much more alive, much more uh, happy, excited about life or about ourselves. So I'm super excited about it.
2: <laughs> so ritual will be our first virtual retreat online in March and we centered it around the spring equinox. And then we're thinking we'll do another one later around the solstice. And we have been thinking a long time about doing something in person and especially with things kind of um, opening up more and people feeling more comfortable. We wanted to create an experience that was really approachable and different than people are used to say from like you know typical knitting or craft events um or even you know retreats and the thing that kept coming back over and over and over again was just feedback from people that follow making was that they wanted something virtual And I was really resistant for a long time at first. I was like, (laughs) no, that, you know, we're coming from this time of, you know, so much virtual. It'd be so great to have something in person. And while in person is lovely, what people were sharing was just how for the very first time during COVID, because of covid they were able to be participatory in things that they otherwise had never been able to be a part of, whether because of money or location and being able to fit that into their schedule or just weighing the benefits of taking all this time and energy to go do something that they might not be able to get the most out of like not you know wondering if they would be able to find value in it. And so we started playing with this idea too of we don't want this to be an experience where people come just to consume. We really want this to be an experience where you learn and get to explore and find new you know crafts and mediums but maybe it's not even about a physical thing. Maybe it's more about yourself. And I think all makers can resonate over the last three years really feeling the healing benefits of their craft. Um, and I think if there's one thing that we maybe have done not a great job at is taking care of ourselves. And it's something that As a mom of three and a business owner who's (laughs) going to be in their 40s soon, uh, I'm really realizing how important it is to nurture myself and how there's so much pressure to make that sometimes I don't even have time to make in these kind of traditional ways. And what's an experience that people can come to and spend two plus beautiful days together online and walk away filled up because of the people that they get to spend time with the new you know mediums that they're exposed to new ideas and techniques but then each of these little parts of making can be looked at as a ritual and and what do i mean by ritual i think In this context, it's really about how do we recognize these things as part of our practice that we want to to take care of ourselves and to better not just ourselves, but create space for ourselves that maybe we don't do a great job of otherwise. So we have you teaching a beautiful knitting ritual, which we can talk about in a second. Um, We have a line cut. Carving ritual. There's something so amazing about printmaking how you can make one thing and then duplicate it so many times through, you know, printing. And then we have a beautiful writing ritual. I'm really excited about that one. We have a nervous system ritual how to go through this world and take care of our nervous system. We have body care rituals and stitching rituals like with young men she's going to do an amazing stitching ritual. so there's so many but all very approachable and recorded so people can access and then the last really fun thing not the last there's more about it but um on Friday technically it's it is part of the event but it's going to be in person and we're going to work with stockists and people from all over whoever wants to host an in person kind of gathering the night before kind of like a pre-party. Um, so that if you, if you happen to be close, you can go like hang out with someone the night before and then the next day oh, you're online. This would be wonderful. Yeah. So that's ritual. Uh, this
1: is wonderful. I love this word ritual because, um, ritual is when I, I don't know, I think it's one thing that we can say about ritual is when we dedicate ourselves to something for, you know, a certain period of time. So it's like a pause. It's this rich pause, you know, when we prepare ourselves for something. So how, does, how wonderful is this? And I think online is amazing. Like you said, so there's so many people that for, you know, any reasons can be in person so i think this will be another wonderful opportunity so in your place in your you know in, in your home we can share this experience you know to to go through something starting with a ritual so i love that <laughs> this is so amazing i'm very excited for this super excited i think it'll be the opening for a new year
2: <laughs> and i'm so excited that you're going to be part of it in so many ways, it seems very fitting that you are a part of the very first one. You've been such an encouragement to Carrie and I over the years. Like you, you know, there definitely was like these huge places of growth on our path over the last few years, in particular, and you've always had such grace and love and reached out and in some of the most tender times said some of the most like profound and loving things with us. And we have felt just so supported by you. And I'm just so grateful for that. So I'm so glad that you're part of this.
1: Oh. <laughs> you know, I feel exactly the same thing because when we are talking at the beginning, talking about courage, about so many things, but Uh, there's another aspect of it is that people are open to you, to listen to you, to hear you, to see your work, right? So you guys opened a, a, a very unique path for me. So I was able to work, to live, to eat, to Um, have uh, you know to work and everything that work brings to us i i i i don't feel that i give something i receive so much (laughs) and you know all this beauty and this excitement to to be part of something i'm grateful
2: (laughs) and very excited (laughs) So the essence of your um, kind of ritual that you'll be teaching is really about how we take inspiration and create ritual around us when we're both designing something for ourselves or for others and that type of thing. Yeah, and with what we have,
1: because sometimes can be really frustrating when we look, uh, and see, oh my God, how beautiful the this person lives in this place or in that place. So sometimes it's everything is so unreachable, so we don't need we don't need to be on a very beautiful place to have you know a flow to have our ritual. so we can start with what we have where wherever we are. So I think this is something that I like to you know. Exchange and share with people. I don't know. I like to have this experience <laughs> in ritual <laughs> Let's look to each other. let's look to people that is having other experience pretty far away from us. Look it out, I think. And of course, understanding, compassion, all those things because I think this is wonderful to all of us.
2: If you had a message for the world,
1: what would it be? Uh, I think it would be look around, look around, wide open, look around. Let's look to each other. Let's look to people that is having other experience pretty far away from us. Look it out. Understanding, compassion, all those things, because I think this is wonderful to all of us.
0: The biggest of thanks to everyone involved in this week's episode. I hope you'll join me each week as we talk and learn for more fascinating makers. For podcast notes and transcriptions, visit our blog at makingzine.com. Have a wonderful week.